You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Spring season in the natural, but we are prophesying as a church, we are stepping into a supernatural season of fresh life where color would pop, things would start to come, come to life all over again. Jesus says it like this in John 10, 10. says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they, in other words, you, may have life and life to the full, audacious church. So our Easter series over the next couple of weeks, we're focusing on this life. In other words, on when Jesus comes into your heart and into your life, you get a new life. You're not old anymore. The old is gone, the Bible says, and the new has come. And we're talking about the powerful transformation that comes when Jesus enters your life and when Jesus steps into any environment, things start to shift. When Jesus steps into a workplace, nothing's the same. When Jesus steps into your home, everything changes. So we're talking about the life in me today. Turn to your neighbor and say, life in me. Life in me. And we're going to hinge it on the Garden of Eden. That explains the garden set. Good tie-in. The Garden of Eden. And across the next couple of weeks, we're going to look through different gardens in the Bible to illustrate the life that's in us. Now, it would be poignant, church, to think back for a moment to this time last year when the announcement was made that we would go into our first lockdown. We can all remember that sense of uncertainty. We can all remember the feelings associated with it. And let's be honest, church, at many points across the last year, we have been tempted to see things from a negative lens. We've been tempted to see things from a disposition of hopelessness, tempted to see things from a lack of there being no purpose. Let's face it, jobs were lost, people were furloughed, we've been stuck at home, isolated, disconnected, dry emotionally, spiritually. It's been a year that in many respects has been a wintering year. Winter is a season. It's a season in our year. But it's felt like we've done winter for almost a whole year. But church, we're stepping into spring, a season of new life. And we've all known what it's felt like to be restricted. All known what it's felt like to be closed off. All known what it's felt like to be hemmed in, isolated, and confused. But we are called by God, Audacious Church, not to let our lives be dictated to by the narrative of life circumstances, but we are called to live above the norm. We are called to live above the parapet. We are called to live above the status quo and see things from a lens of faith, purpose, hope, and optimism. And I want to suggest today, teeing up this series, since there is life in us, Through Jesus, we can set the atmosphere of whatever environment we walk into. We can operate as an agent of breakthrough because greater is he that is in me than he that is in 
the world. We can bring refreshment to any environment, any dry and weary land, because the Bible says streams of living water flow through us. We can pray for the sick to be healed because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. We can, by the power of God, live full of faith in any season when we decide not to listen to the armchair critics or the negative disposition of the social media keyboard warriors, but start to live comfortable in the position that there's life in me so that I can bring life wherever I go and wherever I step my feet. So today we're going old school preaching. Everybody say old school. We're going back to Genesis. Genesis 1. Somebody's excited in the third row. Praise God for Genesis 1. And today we're going to discover about the life that's in me through the Garden of Eden. The first point I want to suggest today, the first thing we discover about life in us from the Garden is that I am designed by God. You audacious church are designed by God. The Bible says this in Genesis 1. 26 through to 31. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind, you and I, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. That's a word for somebody in the fifth row. Fill the earth and subdue it. Now, context here is Adam and Eve are placed in the garden. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food. And God And it was so, and God saw all that he had made, and get this, it was very good. And there was evening and morning, the sixth day. Turn to your neighbor and say it was very good. It was very good. I think that at some point in all of our lives, we've had that moment growing up in primary school, haven't we, where the teacher decides that for homework this week, we're going to all collectively draw a picture of one of our parents or one of our guardians, right? Like, as close as you can kind of drawing, you know, look alike. let's draw mom, let's draw a beautiful painting of her that will look exactly like mom. We won't be able to tell the difference. Do you remember that task of let's draw the parents, let's all draw a lovely painting of our mom, dad, granny, or granddad. Now, let me be honest, church. My art and design skills aren't that good. Now, when I say not that good, I mean they're practically non-existent. Lysandre does a DIY in our house. That's how bad they are. But also, are mine not that good? My brother came, obviously, after me. He's my younger brother. His are even worse. Let me tell you, it does not flow in our family lineage, art and design skills. So my brother comes home. 
He's so excited about this painting he's done of mom. He's like, I've got the blonde hair. I've got her eyes. It looks amazing. I'm like, oh my goodness, he could be the next Da Vinci, Picasso. We're going to make loads of money. This is going to be exciting. Change our family. Come on. And then my brother unveiled it. And this is what he brought home to look like my mom. He was 19. I'm joking. He's got the blonde hair, but I'm not sure about the red legs, the blue arms. You know, not really my mom. But parents, we, as parents, we love the heart, don't we? We love the, the fact that our child has done that for us. But in reality, if we compare that to my mom, thanks, Tim, you can get it done. It looks like a botched job. In fact, it looks nothing really like my mom. And church today, I want to remind you that God didn't make a botched job of your life. God didn't hit factory reset on your life. God didn't get confused along the way and make mistakes. You aren't the sum total of God's design flaws or God's mistakes because God cannot make a mistake. You and I don't look the same talk the same, but we all together have been made in the image of God. There is nothing else on the planet that has been made in the likeness and the image of God other than you and I. And since we are created and designed in the image of God, we therefore have value. Since I am designed by God, I carry his likeness. And since I am designed in the image of God, I am similar to God. My Bible says you today, church, are made in God's image. And my Bible says it is very good. Oh, is it just me that's excited about that? That you've been made in the creator image of God and it's very good. But get this church, since you are designed in the image of God, you also carry the authority of God. Genesis 1.20 says this, says rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Matthew 22 says this, and Jesus asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Well, Caesar's, they replied, obviously. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Well, what relevance does that have? The currency of the day, the denarius had Caesar's image on it. And when it was in someone else's hands, they carried the image of Caesar and therefore had the authority from Caesar to purchase. The coins that we carry have the image of our queen. The currency belongs to the queen. It's in the image of the queen. But when it's in my hands, I have the authority to purchase. Church, when you carry the image, you carry the authority. And when you carry the image of God, Christ in you, you carry the authority of God. You have the authority today to pioneer, blaze a trail, create wealth, and not just be under the system of the way that things are. You have the authority today to speak to that mountain in your life and tell it to move in Jesus' name. You have the authority to prophesy life 
life over death. Prophesy a future. It's time to stop living, church. Stop living under what God has set you over. We weren't designed to live under the way that things are, but to operate in the delegated authority of God in our world. So today, church, take lead in His authority and be confident in His calling on your life and the authority that comes with that as an image bearer of God. Now, since you are designed by God, you carry the authority of God, but inside you, you carry the breath of God. Genesis 2-7, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Mankind was made from dust. There's nothing special about the dust. It's not a, a magical dust, a, a magic potion, a formula. There's nothing special about the dust that God made us from. But where the difference comes is that God breathed his life into us. In Ezekiel 37, the story goes, there's a valley of dry bones. And what God did was God breathed into the bones and the bones came to life again. It's the breath of God today that makes you significant. And that's the breath of God that's able to bring freshness, creativity, new life, new energy. John 1.4, in him was life and that life was the light of all of mankind. If Jesus is living inside of you today by his Holy Spirit, you carry the light and the life of all of mankind. How awesome is that? The second thing the Garden of Eden helps us see about life in us is that I am here for a purpose. Everybody say purpose. Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden. Get this to work it and take care of it. Mark Twain says it like this. There's two, the two most important days in your life is the day you're born and the day that you find out why. When I was 16 years old, I remember getting down by my bedside table, praying to Jesus for the first time, asking him to be the Lord of my life. And I remember church waking up the next day and it felt like I'd put on new skin. It felt like I had purpose like never before. No longer was I just a blip in the timeline of humanity. No longer was I just an accidental byproduct of macroevolution. No longer was I just a random outcome of a lot of different sequences of events. Suddenly I had a purpose and that purpose was to partner with God in all that he had set me on the earth for. God created mankind not just to enjoy his presence and enjoy life on earth. He also created us to work. God created us to work the land. Life is pleasuresome, absolutely, but it is purposeful. Adam and Eve, see, we're in the Garden of Eden and God walked amongst, amongst them. How awesome is that thought alone? But God didn't just walk them through the garden and, and that was it. God put them to work in the garden and take care of it. 
See, work wasn't capitalism's idea. It wasn't socialism's idea. It wasn't history's idea. It was God's idea. And not just God's idea, but an action plan. God's intention for you and I today is to work, to contribute, to have dominion, to lead, to take ownership, to do extraordinary things in Him. Not just to be consumers, but contributors. Not just to be takers, but donators. Not just to receive, but to give. Your purpose today in life is to glorify God wherever He has placed you and whatever He has asked you to put your hand to. You'll always, church, feel lacking in purpose when you don't have something to work towards. Why is it we feel like that? Because it is in our DNA in the Garden of Eden. God placed the DNA inside the human man, Eve and Adam, to work, to serve, to invest, to sow in the garden. The goal for all of us is to work and do great things for God and leave a legacy on the planet for his kingdom. Today, maybe you don't know what God has purposed you for in your world. Well, today I want to encourage you, ask God and God will illuminate it to you. Start with what you're passionate about, where God's already placed you. Start there and watch the purpose that will unfold in your life. And the last thing that the Garden of Eden helps us see about life in us is I am here for eternity. Everybody say forever. forever. I am here for eternity. Genesis 2.9, the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Joel, you can come up and help me out with this point. Thanks, mate. There were two trees in the garden, both in the center of the garden of Eden. There was the tree of life. And then there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life represents eternal life. From the beginning, God created the tree of life to represent us spending eternity with him. But there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that represented us relying on ourselves, doing things on our own and in our own wisdom. But God gives this one command. Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree in the garden except this one. Any tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, they could eat and enjoy from the tree of eternal life. Just not eat from that tree over there. The Bible continues in Genesis 2.17. This is the command God gives them, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, why is that God? For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Fast forward, Genesis 3, 22. And the Lord God said, this is the moment that defined it all. The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach his hand out and take also from the tree of life and eat it and live forever. Now Adam and Eve can no longer eat from the tree of life, but before they could, and when they did, the Bible says, they could live forever. But what happened was God's original intention for mankind was to be with him forever. 
ever. But what happened was, is Adam and Eve sinned. In other words, they disobeyed the command and the instruction was disobeyed and it led to a separation. It led to a consequence. It separated us from God's intention to be with Him for eternity. Oh, but Pastor Lee, can we ever get back to life in me? Can we ever get back to being with God forever? Did we lose it and that was it forever gone? Good news today, church. John 3, 16 says this, for God so loved the world that He sent Jesus. In other words, that we wouldn't have to perish, but through Him, we could have eternal life. Disobedience created a fractured and broken relationship with God. We needed our relationship restoring. Jesus came, paid the price for our disobedience and restored it. And in doing so, church, restored the original intention of God for us to be with Him forever. God destined humanity for eternity with Him. But the life that's in you needs to be reconnected back with God through Jesus so that we can be with God forever. Jesus is the mediator by which we have to come through to get access to relationship with God. Right across this place right now with every head bowed and eyes closed. We're in the middle of the message, but for this to make sense, for you to experience this, you need to know and have the life in you, Jesus in your life, who changes everything. So right across this place, I'm gonna count to three. And if you're saying today, Pastor Lee, I want this life in me. I wanna connect my heart back with God, back in relationship, back to God's original intention for me. Then when I get to three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand up in the air. And it's a way for me and the team to know who we're praying for today. So on three, you're saying, I wanna step my life into a connection with God, one. You don't have it all worked out, all the answers, all the T's crossed, the I's dotted, but your heart's racing. And you know today, you need to get right with God too. You're saying today, I don't have it worked out, but I wanna access God. I wanna give my life to God. Then three, right now, why don't you raise your hand up in the air, looking right across this place, saying today, I wanna connect my life back with the God of heaven. I wanna connect my heart and get right with God today. Amazing, you can all look right up, look at me right now. I'm assuming that everybody in this room then therefore has life in them, has Jesus in them, has connected their life with the God of heaven. But now church, get this, we have to take that life that's in us and take it into our community, take it into our world, take it into our workplace, go forward and work the soil of our world. Whatever God has put you in this week, work it in faith, uproot the weeds of disappointment, negativity and lethargy of the last 12 months and take the life that is in you back home, wherever you're going today. And together, oh, let's reach Chester for Jesus. Let's reach the world for Jesus. Let's reach Cheshire for Jesus. Let's plan locations for Jesus because the life that's in us can stay contained to this room and the four walls, but we have to move forward in faith and see this nation one for God. Oh, come on, everybody jump up to your feet right now. We're gonna pray. There's life in you today. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, 
We therefore, church, are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What if this week we decided to be a bringer of life everywhere we stepped our feet? What if this week we all worked the garden of our world? What if this week we together realized we were designed in the image of God and carried the authority of God? I reckon our world would change. But church, it starts with us right now. On the 21st of March, kicking into spring. The old is gone, the old season's gone, but the new has come. I'm prophesying across your world right now, fresh life where there's been no flow of of miracles and breakthrough, well, the cap's off and today, be ready for the breakthrough that's coming your way. Streams of living water are gonna flow through your world. Why don't you lift your hand up to heaven as we receive from God in this moment. Father God, we thank you that there's life in us and that life will change, can change, is about to change everything in our world. By your Holy Spirit right now, God, give us confidence in the authority of who you've called us to be. No longer, God, will we live under the way things are, but we're gonna determine the way things are. We're gonna speak hope, life, breakthrough to our world. We're gonna populate this church. We're gonna populate heaven. We're gonna lead many thousands of sons and daughters to Christ, all in the power of the life that's in us. God, we love you. We lift you up. We praise you and we thank you for what's coming up. And everybody across this place, give God a shout of praise. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.